0: Welcome to the Unsweetened SIO podcast. My name is Siobhan Harris. I am a certified integrative nutrition health coach and the founder of unsweetenedsio.com. I gave up all sugar and all flour on January 13th, 2018, and am finally free of my addiction. My mission is to help other sugar addicts find their path to freedom and live the sweet life without sugar. Hi everyone, I'm very excited today to talk with Chris Gunners, who is actually talking with us today from Iceland. So that's pretty exciting too. And Chris wrote the article that ultimately Inspired me to give up sugar and flour and made me realize that I was a food addict And that I needed to abstain from it completely Um, And that I also needed to do this for a good amount of time Like I wasn't going to see change overnight And that's why I decided I needed to give it a full year Um, So
1: I had read that
0: before, but the the article just presented it in a way that really, really clicked with me. So I am very, very grateful to Chris. Um, My life has changed completely from over now 14 months ago where I was. So thank you so much for writing that article and for inspiring me and for being here today to talk to us about it.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for the kind words and I'm glad to be here
0: yes so tell us a little bit if you would about your background just so we can kind of get to know um you know who you are and i know you've struggled with addiction as well so if you could talk a little bit about that that would be great
1: yeah sure um so i'm born and raised in iceland and uh, i started writing about nutrition in 2012 on site called authority nutrition and that's where i wrote uh, my article about food addiction um so i used to be a drug addict um from like ages 15 to 21 and uh i basically from the time i had a drink for the first time i just transformed my my life into the life of an addict and uh, it ended up Um, with me just using every day and went to like five rehabs in the last year and uh, after I became sober I started um, becoming very interested in nutrition and dieting Uh, and I think I probably took it to the extremes because I was restricting um, too many things I even tried fasting and doing like very Um, extreme versions of restricted diets and I think maybe that's um, what triggered the food addiction in the first place Um, because after a few years I realized that I was actually using food the way I used to be using drugs all the same thoughts and the uh, kind of the mental battle in my mind um, about whether I should have some or not I just realized that it was identical to um, how I felt when I was using drugs, as well as when I used to smoke cigarettes. Mm. Um, The symptoms were exactly the same, the cravings and the thought processes and just the complete lack of control.
0: Yeah. And And I hear that a lot from people that um, a lot of times, and I'm even being careful of that, that you trade one addiction for another. But you hear that especially with alcoholics, a lot of alcoholics then turn to sugar. Um, and I've seen that in my own life through friends and um, different family members that have experienced that where you know, they might overcome one thing, just replace it with something else. So I think if you have that addictive personality, that's kind of easy to do. And I'm trying to do that now. And it's with like, sometimes shopping, like overspending. I mean, not even in the food drug area. I mean, it's just that person, that personality that um, is hard to overcome. So I'm being really, really careful myself, trying not to um, replace, you know, my food addiction with something else. So I know that that's, that's really tricky.
1: Yeah. Um... That's definitely a problem. It's kind of funny. I used to go to AA meetings, and it's funny seeing all of them just binge on donuts and just smoke two packs a day. (laughs) Um, They're still addicted, just not to the alcohol or the drugs.
0: Exactly. Yeah, because you're still, if you're not finding a way to deal with those emotions or whatever it is that's driving you in the first place to, you know, overindulge in some substance. Um, if you're not kind of fixing that underneath, you're just going to find another way to soothe yourself. That might not be the healthiest choice. So it's so difficult. So when did you kind of realize that food was becoming, you know, an issue that you weren't eating it in moderation and, you know,
1: well, I was always trying to follow some sort of diet, like a low carb diet or whatever, or the paleo diet. and I was trying to set like rules for myself, what I could eat, and if I was going to have like a cheat day or a cheat meal, you know when that would be. And I just found myself constantly breaking those rules um, And uh, you know one of the symptoms of a addiction is that you just can't make rules. You can't say, I'm just gonna drink on Fridays, you know, just gonna drink on Fridays, you know, every other Friday. Um, And then you find yourself constantly um, justifying to yourself why you should break the rules. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I realized that um, I just was completely out of control with food, um, then I realized that it was uh, an, an actual addiction, and uh, one of the problems with food is that you can't like completely quit eating it. So um, a lot of the articles online about like how to stop binge eating and stuff, um, they don't really they don't really talk about abstaining, just eating in moderation. And mm. that's something I tried as well, um, but that didn't work for me at the time um i just i wouldn't even want to eat in moderation i just wanted to binge
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i used to get these uh, massive cravings for junk food i would try to resist but eventually i would just buy tons of stuff and just binge until i felt sick
0: mm-hmm. oh i re- i can relate to that of just feeling so sick and then saying okay tomorrow i'm never eating yeah. this again It was always tomorrow you know like you say when you're justifying to yourself but i I literally would make myself sick and think okay i gotta stop i gotta stop this and it is really frustrating too as you pointed out that most of the since food addiction is not medically recognized there's not a lot of information out there about abstaining and again that's why reading your article and Inspired me so much because you just laid it out there. You know, like if you are truly an addict, moderation isn't going to work. The only thing that's going to work is abstaining. And then the idea of, of abstaining from sugar and flour, both of those pieces. So, could you talk a little bit about how you kind of discovered that or, um, you know, how you? talk a little bit about like you know the biochemistry of an addict um maybe just let us know why you have to give up sugar and flour together and kind of how you discovered that in your own journey
1: yeah my thinking on this has evolved a bit over the years and so i don't think like sugar in on its own is not i don't think it's addictive if you just you would never like binge on sugar cubes or you know on plain flour it's not like with um, drugs that you know they're inherently addictive so that if you take just the plain powder or whatever then it's gonna have an effect and you're gonna get addicted to it but um with sugar and flour i think it needs to be it needs to be cooked into something that's like extremely rewarding to your brain
2: Mm -hmm.
1: like for example um Donuts or ice cream, or you know any other junk food that people get addicted to. It's so rewarding um, to the brain that some people that are um, that have that are able to get addicted easily. Um, they just start. They just can't handle um, the reward. They just can't control themselves. You know their brains seek out the reward that they get from eating the junk food, and. Uh, that has to do with uh, dopamine release in the brain. Um, a lot of dopamine is released when people eat junk food.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: the same is true with uh, cocaine and you know, amphetamines and other drugs. And so I think um, the biochemistry of food addiction is probably very similar to drug addiction. Mm-hmm. It's just that not all people are susceptible to it. In the same way, not all people get addicted to smoking or, or drugs.
0: Mm -hmm. That's so true. I think I read I don't know if you have a statistic on that, but I had heard somewhere that only about eight to 15 percent of the population is actually susceptible to food addiction. So it's hard for people. And I know I saw that again with family and friends that just didn't understand why I struggled with it or couldn't really comprehend that I couldn't just eat like one cookie, you know, if someone's yeah. out a plate of cookies, I was never going to eat just one of them um, because their brains just aren't wired that way. But just like me, I would never think about wow. I wouldn't be able to have. I mean, I can have just one drink or, you know, a few sips of beer. I never had you know an issue with alcohol, so I can see how it's hard to understand unless you actually have that experience yourself where you're almost like compelled, (laughs) you know, to eat even when you're not hungry. I mean, hunger really has nothing to do with it. So. um, Yeah, I
1: mean, it's definitely not about hunger. I mean, you can can be, and this was true of me as well. Sometimes I would eat a healthy, very nutritious meal and I'd be just full and satisfied. And then after half an hour, I start, you know, something comes up in my mind and the craving starts to build and it doesn't have anything to do with hunger. I could, I could eat, you know, an extra thousand calories of ice cream after being full from dinner.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Yes, nothing to do with hunger. Um, And I would try to make sure I had really healthy meals, you know, knowing I wasn't lacking any nutrition, um, but still then couldn't stop thinking about what I was going to eat afterwards, basically, or what I was going to eat next. Um, It's very, I mean, that's what I talk about now that I've overcome it. It's amazing to me how much my brain now can just, relax. Basically, I'm not constantly thinking about what am I going to eat next? Is today going to be a good day? Is today going to be a bad day? Am I going to have another one of those? Like now that I'm removed from it, I can't even believe for how long I was consumed by those thoughts pretty much 24-7. I mean, to the point where I would dream about food sometimes too and kind of wake up in a panic like, oh, I wasn't supposed to eat that. Oh, good. It was just a dream. (laughs) And then realizing it was just a dream, you know? So now.
1: Yeah, I have these dreams too.
0: (laughs) That makes me feel. Yeah,
1: or, uh, you know, about cigarettes or drugs or junk food. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's a very common thing for addicts to dream about,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: dream about relapsing. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, it's scary. And I do. I have had dreams recently, too. The other night, because I love pizza, um, and that was when I had maybe, like, a week ago, a dream that I finally, like, gave in and ate some Pizza Hut pizza or something, and then woke up and just was so relieved that I hadn't, you know? So, yeah, it is something probably... <laughs> that I always will. And that's what I realized too. It's something that I'm always going to have to be diligent about because different things trigger those cravings still, you know, different times of year. Um, the holidays triggered a lot of things for me. Just, I had thought I had created these new habits, but I have so many bad habits that are just ingrained in me. It sometimes hard to override those with my new healthier habits so um i realize that especially in times of stress or feeling overwhelmed i am gonna have to be very careful about you know not relapsing basically and that's why i'm trying to fill my life with other things to help manage my stress and developing other healthy habits so that I'm not just going because I automatically just want to reach for sugar to soothe myself. And I'm really trying to teach myself, no, I don't do that anymore, but it's hard.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Very
0: hard. So talk about a little bit of when you decided to abstain and what that felt like, um, especially I'm interested compared to, what it felt like when you gave up you know, your other drugs. Um, like, was it similar? Was it more difficult? Because I hear that sometimes that giving up sugar can be more difficult than giving up cocaine, for instance. Um, so I'm kind of curious to know what your experience was with that.
1: Um, yeah, I really don't, so, with the drugs it can be completely different uh, at least it was for me because it just consumed my life completely and uh, I wasn't working I wasn't going to school I was um, I partied for four days and slept for three and just on repeat for four months before mm-hmm. I uh, quit for the last time but when I was a food addict I was still active uh, in my life I was going to school and I was working and you know, on the outside, everything seemed normal, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I don't really see those two things, for me personally, as I, I really can't compare them mm-hmm. that much. Um, I would say that giving up the junk food was just as hard as giving up smoking back when I used to smoke.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I don't think it has the same withdrawal symptoms as smoking. But the cravings you get are just as
2: powerful. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a good point, too, that um, because sometimes I get into that, like, why me, you know, feel sorry for myself? Why do I have to be addicted, you know, to food? But then I think it is harder to see that because from the outside, you're still functioning, you know, you. It's easier to see if someone's struggling with drugs or alcohol that they might miss work or school, like you're saying, or, you know, even be causing harm to those around them, you know, whether it's like stealing money or whatever, trying to get their drug or alcohol, where... For, you know, food addicts, like I'm still functioning, you know, I'm still going to my job every day. I have two young kids. I'm still a mom and a wife. Um, but yeah, so from the outside, it's hard to see how much I'm suffering on the inside because you're still kind of, it's one of those addictions that's kind of, you can still go about your your day-to-day life, basically without necessarily causing harm, you know, to those around you. So it is kind of interesting that way. It's hard for people, you know, probably to understand that too. Again, if you don't have an issue with food addiction, because I remember one time hearing someone say, you know, why don't you just stop eating then? And it's just so much, yeah. so much harder. I wish that was, it was just that easy, but it's so much harder than that. So, um, you know, it's not, yeah, it's
1: like telling, telling, you know, someone with a mental disease, just, you know, stop thinking about that, you know, just, or a depressed person, just, just smile be and be happy or something. Yeah. you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Addiction. I think, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with a lack of willpower. You know. No. Yeah, it's there's so much else going on. So when you yeah, I
1: mean, I think it. I think willpower has something to do with your ability to abstain and you know gain control again, if possible. But it's definitely there's. I don't think there's any correlation between, like, that people that tend to get addicted have less willpower than other people. I don't think. I don't think it works like that. But I think having some willpower obviously, you know, it's going to be helpful mm-hmm. like when you try to, you know, solve your problem.
0: Yeah. And that's true because a lot of people ask me, you know, well, how did you, even people that aren't addicted to sugar cannot believe that I've given up sugar and flour for 14 months now. Like they're just in awe of, like, how did you do that? You know, so I guess it is a little bit of willpower, but at the same time, um, I've tried that 1 billion other times um, where I've started and failed and started and failed. And really the difference for me this time was giving up the sugar and the flour together and changing my mindset around that I was abstaining from it completely for a full year. You know, I wasn't going to see results in 30 days or You know, even two months, I needed to do this for a long time to really see the benefits. And it probably took a good five months before I really started noticing some changes. So I'm really, and then of course it's easier to keep up with it when you're seeing, you know, positive benefits, but it's hard if you're not seeing that right away. And that's in the past where I would have just given up, you know, and I still wanted to along the way. It's like, well, if I'm not gonna even lose any weight, why bother torturing myself by giving up, you know, my love of sugar. Um, But now I say to people, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in the beginning, but now that I have just taken the moderation out of the picture, it's just so much easier for me to abstain completely, at least for me. Um, 'Cause there's just no in my mind, again, it's not should I have a little bite? Can I just have a piece of that? The answer is just always no. And it just shuts down those thoughts now. You know, if I am in a situation where at a birthday party, you know, and you know, do you want a piece of cake? Like that was a loaded question for me before. You know, if people could hear what was going on in my mind, (laughs) they would have been blown away probably but now it's just no I I don't do that anymore and it's just so much easier for me to say no than it ever was for me to say yes you know trying to just have a little bit so yeah absolutely um, yeah and that was something again that I tried so hard to do the moderation you know because again since it's not food addiction is not medically recognized. Mostly it's about moderation. And that's why I just really, again, appreciated your article and having you for some reason, just reading, no, you need to try to abstain completely. That just gave me the push, you know, cause I thought at that point too, what did I have to lose? You know, um, either I'm going to be stuck dealing with this for the rest of my life or I can really give it a year and give it a go um, and see. And now I can't imagine ever going back. So, you know, I feel like a changed person. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So for you, I know <clears throat> when, once you decided to abstain, um, how long did it take? Cause I have a lot of people that listen that want to give up sugar. And they just can't, you know, or they've tried and they relapse. And that's why I kind of tell people trying to change your mindset to doing it for a full year versus trying just to do a 10 day sugar detox, you know, that's kind of popular yeah. right now. That's great for someone maybe that's not addicted to sugar. But if you are, you know, a 10 day detox probably isn't going to work. Um so, yeah, like how long do you think it took? I tell people about five months, but I'm curious for your journey. How long did it really take before you felt like you had a, some of those compulsions and cravings started going away?
1: Um, I actually, every time that I've successfully managed to break an addiction, I've always... It's always been easy. Like the last successful time has always been easy. It it was always when it was hard, it would fail. You know, when I was getting cravings after deciding to abstain, I would always um, relapse. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I quit junk food for the last time and abstained, abstained for a long time after that, then it was actually, it just felt right at that moment and was easy. Um, it, but people that get a lot of cravings when they're trying to abstain. Um, in that case, it can take months to um, kind of get rid of that. Mm-hmm. But it depends on every person.
0: Mm-hmm. And actually, I think that's a good. You have to be ready. Um, you know, like for people listening out there that I've been trying. It took me many times before I was actually successful. Like, you know, the timing has to line up. And even when I did decide, it was like, I read your article on the fall of 2017. And of course, I was like, well, I don't want to go through the holidays trying to abstain. You know, I just knew that was unrealistic. I was going to set myself up for failure. So, of course, I decided on January 1st, (laughs) which came and went. And finally, January 13th, 2018 was when I finally It took me like, you know, another two weeks basically to to give it up. Um, And then each day that got behind me, it got a little bit easier because, you know, especially once I got to like two, three months, I didn't want to mess up all of that progress and have to start over again. But I think it's important to what you were saying is that it's going to be a different journey for everybody. Um, That's also why I'm not trying to say, you know, share this is my story, but it might not work for everybody like that you know, just like one diet isn't going to fit everybody either is the way, you know, you find your way to giving up sugar and flour. Um, But, and then the timing, I think, like you said, is really important too. finding the time that maybe it feels easier for you, you know, Um, and that just might take a little bit of time. Um, What would your advice be maybe to you know, people listening out there that do struggle and know kind of in their gut that they are addicted, that it's not just, you know, a passion for eating sweets, but it's something that goes, you know, beyond that. What would be your advice to, um, to them to, you know, help them help themselves?
1: Well, you know, I see a lot of people that seem to be junk food addicts, but they don't really try to. They don't really try to stop. They don't make an effort. Um, for those people, I would. I would suggest that they should try to eat moderately. You know, they should try to go. You know, to the gym and and go walking and try to just change their lifestyle to be healthier. I mean, if someone can eat in moderation, then that's obviously, going to be the easiest mm-hmm. um, way to live because abstaining completely does have its drawbacks, mostly social drawbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but people that have tried to eat in moderation 100 times and failed, maybe, maybe those are good candidates for, for just complete abstinence from junk food. Um, even they don't have to get it right for the first time. Um, but I think it's worth trying just to abstain completely. Um, And uh, I mean, if if you've tried to do the same thing a hundred times and it's failed, then there's really no point in trying, you know, for the hundred and first time.
0: Mm-hmm. That's basically like the definite definition of insanity, (laughs) you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, but that's
1: how it is with so many people that are yo-yo dieting and trying to, you know, control their eating. That they're just trying to do the same thing again and again and again.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: sometimes for for years
0: yeah and it's you know found that diets do not work um in general because people go off of them and they either gain back the weight or gain back double the weight you know I know that was my experience with dieting it never worked long term um and again my ultimate goal still I wish I wasn't a food addict. My ultimate goal still would be just to eat in moderation. Like that sounds amazing to me. Cause um, so I think you're right in that there is probably a lot of people listening that, you know, are, would be able to just eat in moderation. Um, you know, if there's only eight to 15% of the population that's actually like addicted, um, those are the people that might want to try to abstain completely and just see if they get different results, you know, like for me, I did. Um, yeah. but for most people, you know, like a lot, like my husband is a good example of someone that really loves sweets, but he's able to eat them in moderation. And I'm so jealous of that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I wish that was me. So that seems to be, you know, the easiest. Um,
1: yeah. I also so i I think i wrote the article originally probably 2013 2014 Um, and back when i did i was abstaining completely from sugar and flour and i actually relapsed after that i think after maybe a year and uh started back uh you know with a junk food gained a bunch of weight then i uh, abstained again for i think like eight to ten months but over time I think the I don't think I'm as bad as I used to be because now I can eat sometimes in moderation. I still have problems with junk food and I still you know if it's if it's near me, if I'm visiting, you know, my family and there's junk food there, you know, cookies or ice cream or, or whatever, then I, I just there's no way for me to control myself. Mm-hmm. I will just eat it. But um, I've learned that in my case, at least, the food addiction is something that it can get better over time after after a period of long abstinence. But it could also it could also get just as bad. So if someone has already abstained for a long time, then it may be uh, really risky to um, take any chances with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to highlight that Yeah maybe for some people complete abstinence is the right thing to do at the time but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to do that for the rest of their lives
0: so many people are going to love to hear that <laughs> yeah um me included but i still am, i'm not there yet i know that i might have to be one of those abstainers for life but yeah you know like you said everyone's journey is going to be different um so maybe you know for some people like you, you, you are able to eat again in moderation. And I think that's amazing. Um, what, how do you- Yeah, I
1: wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say necessarily moderation, but I'm able to, so I don't go and buy junk food mm-hmm. myself. But if it's, you know, if I'm visiting my family or I'm going with someone to a restaurant or something, then there's no chance for me to control myself there. But I'm not actually actively seeking it out anymore. And I'm not binge eating.
0: Mm-hmm. But you can have that meal like with your enjoy it with your family or your friends out at a restaurant and then go right back to abstaining or
1: yeah like when I'm traveling I think it's kind of perhaps related to the environment because when I travel then I kind of lose control and you know eat unhealthy even though I'm, I'm not binge eating like I used to but mm-hmm. I'm eating um, food that I wouldn't be eating at home but when I'm at home in my own apartment in my environment then it's actually easy to follow so i just eat the same things most days Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a natural um, habit i guess um i I think i think food addiction can be like related to your environment Uh, if you can get into a well i don't know exactly how to explain that but in my case if i'm at home it's easy to eat healthy um i just pretty much eat the same things but if i'm somewhere else or there's junk food near me then i still have problems
2: Mm, mm -hmm.
1: but it's not enough to affect my life so i'm not binge eating and i'm not gaining weight from it
0: yeah i mean that's pretty amazing that almost sounds like another thing i always hear is like eight the 80 20 rule you know eat well 80 percent of the time um yeah and again, I always try to follow that. It just never worked for me. But it seems like that's kind of where you are. Um, so that I think that definitely, it definitely, a lot it
1: definitely didn't work for me at the time. At yeah. the time, complete abstinence was the only option.
0: Mm-hmm. So here's some hope after time, people listening that you know you too will be able. And that's why it's everyone's journey is unique, and you kind of have to experiment and find out what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And I also think that's really encouraging, Chris, to hear you say that you relapsed after a year. How long did, would you say that lasted, the relapse, before you were able to then abstain again for another you know, 10 months?
1: Um, I don't remember exactly. I would guess maybe three or four months.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that was a bad period. Um, after the initial year, um, then I was just like binge eating um, most days of the week, mm-hmm. and I become really, really desperate. Um, by the time I managed to abstain again, and you know, then I eventually relapsed again. But it wasn't as bad as it was, and then it's kind of it's kind of gotten easier since then. So I think my uh, being abstinent maybe can possibly cure you, partly.
2: Mm-hmm. Or
1: I think, you know, food addiction and binge eating, not necessarily permanent um, issues.
0: Yeah, well, that's amazing. And I know, yeah. you know, there's so many people that are afraid, me included, of relapse. And I just think that with addiction, most people you know do end up relapsing and so it's good to know you know it's okay if you do and i think that's the most important thing in this is like to remember to be kind to yourself because this is something that's really really difficult and it's so easy to like beat yourself up or even hate yourself for this (laughs) and it's just you know relapses happen and getting back it's nice to hear a story where you were able then you know to get back on and abstain and now to hear where you are now um, I think is a really encouraging story for other people listening to hear right now. I am still terrified of relapsing, but it makes me feel better to know you know I, I you know if I do, I have the tools now to you know hopefully it would be easier now that I have the tools and also have the experience of what it feels like to be free from my addiction, that it would be easier for me, you know, to, to get back to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most addicts need to relapse a few times before they eventually succeed. Um, Especially this is true of drug addicts, smokers and food addicts. Mm -hmm. But if you can get it on the first shot, then try not, don't relapse just, you know, for the sake (laughs) of it. It's obviously best to not to do that.
2: Right, right.
0: Yeah. Um, And I think that, so in the article that I read, it also, you talked about relapsing being that exact thing that you just said, you know, it's kind of part of the process sometimes. And again, that made me feel, I think we try to be perfect so much. Like if you do have an issue around food that you have to eat perfectly, or at least I was all or nothing. Like if I wasn't going to eat perfectly that day, why even, you know, why bother? I might as well just eat, you know, the total opposite, but the journey is not about perfection, obviously. So, you know, remembering that. Um, and I do. I was going to link the article um, below here, but I wanted to point out. I know I've linked it before in my first episode too, and I mentioned that I had read your your article, Chris. Um, but we were just looking at it, and it has changed a little bit from the original. The content has changed. Um, so yeah. if you just want to talk a little bit about, uh, we just have a few more minutes here. If you want to tell us about, you know. Selling off Authority Nutrition to Healthline and kind of what you're up to now. We'd love to hear that, too.
1: Yeah, sure. So I started Authority Nutrition December 2012, but then I sold it in July 2017. And now it's a part of Healthline.com, which is the second biggest health website in the world. But uh, I'm not involved with them anymore. and They update their articles regularly. And it seems like they made some changes to my food addiction article. So it's not as good as it was and <laughs> doesn't include some key, um, some key uh, elements. I mean, you could probably find it on, on the web archive if you wanted to link to the, to the archive, then you can see the old version.
0: I'm going to try to find that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But uh, right now I'm working on a new project. So I wanted to get into, um, like web, website building and search engine optimization. So right now I have a new site called searchtraffic.com. And uh, people can find me there if they're interested in that kind of stuff. I'm also on Twitter uh, at Chris Gunners.
0: Great. And I'll make sure I link your website as well so that people can find you. And I hope that you keep writing or come back to writing articles about nutrition obviously you inspired me so you're you know inspiring people so who knows maybe you'll come back to that
1: (laughs) yeah maybe um so i have so i have like a non-compete thing in my contract so i can't write about anything health related for two years okay but i'll probably return eventually
0: yeah Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. I really appreciate it. And again, I'm really grateful for your article because it's changed my life. So thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. And remember... Life is so much sweeter without sugar.